good evening and welcome to another episode of Brett's Old Time Radio Show. Welcome to my home here in beautiful Lime Bay and it is absolutely fabulous today. The sun's shining, we've got clear blue skies and it's just a light breeze. So even though it's still a bit chilly because, well, let's face it, it is February, it's beautiful down here absolutely beautiful and there's been quite a few people milling around as well which is really nice because it's nice to see things busying up a little bit and just people walking their dogs and just walking along the beach so it's been a lovely lovely day today hope you've had a good one first day of the school february half term holiday for the kids the two boys have both got the week off and we've got quite a few plans on bits and pieces we're going to be doing over the coming week and obviously we'll keep you updated with everything that we do although today has been quite a lazy day vicky was working in the office today so she left early this morning and i've been looking after the boys and working from home doing all the bits of paperwork and doing all the stuff on the pc it's been a busy one but it's been it's been a nice day today william and i have watched a few episodes of a tv show now you probably need to google it it's called jack's old boat and i love anything nautical And it's with a guy called Bernard Cribbins, who sadly is no longer with us. But it is brilliant. So if you want to check it out, it's just a kid's show. But it is good fun. And it's rather nice. Hey, look, I'm Brett. I'm your host for a Nighttime Podcast. Welcome to another episode. And thank you for joining us once again for our regular late night visit to those dusty studio archives of old-time radio shows right here at my home on the south coast of the United Kingdom. I've got a supporter page at patreon.com forward slash Brett's old-time radio show. And, of course, we've got all the social medias to check out, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all called Brett's old-time radio show. Give them a little bit of a look if you get a moment or two. Well, with it being a Monday, it is a bit of comedy with Hancock's Half Hour. This is a great one. This one, and you know I love anything nautical, so it's a bit boat-related, this one, so it's rather nice. It's an episode called The Smugglers. We present Tony Hancock, Sidney James, Bill Kerr and Kenneth Williams in... Hancock's Half Hour. They're casting off, Tub. I think the ship's leaving. Disgusting. What is? A bunch of hooligans on the dockside throwing those big ropes in the water. No respect for other people's property. Expensive items, they are. I'm going to tell the captain there's a bunch of teddy boys throwing his best ropes away. Come back. They're supposed to throw ropes in the water. If they didn't do that, the ship would take half the town with it. Oh. But even so, that's not the point. It's a question... What do you know about it? You keep out of it. Who asked for your opinion? Get below. Are all the trunks aboard? Yeah, they're in the cabin. Well, I think we'd better start off this voyage home as we mean to go on. Get in with the captain. I've had a look at the passenger list and there's nothing on board. A load of old rubbish. (laughs) I think I can definitely say that I am the big cheese on this trip. (laughs) Stuart! Yes, sir? Kindly inform the captain that Mr. Anthony Hancock is on board and we're pleased to dine at his table throughout the voyage. Are you kidding? On the cross-channel car ferry? (laughs) I don't see what difference that makes. It only takes an hour and a half. All he has is a cup of cocoa up on the bridge. All right, then, I'll join in up on the bridge. 
You put one foot on that ladder and you'll be over the side, mush. How dare you? To report you to British Railways. Uh, watch it, watch it. You've got to have your dinner yet. And the way this boat rocks, I could have the gravy right over you without a question asked. Very well, I'll let you off this time. Consider yourself a very lucky man. I haven't reported you to the captain. Come, William, I feel inclined towards a game of coits on A-deck. Blimey, they buy a third-class ticket and they think they own the boat. Take no notice, William. Let's not bandy words with the likes of him. Well, you certainly put him in his place, Tub. And he deserved it. He's the loser, not me. There'll be no gratuity for him when we get to Dover. I was going to give him a French coin with a hole in it, but not now. Ah, let's sit down here and watch Calais disappearing. <sighs> That's better. Where's Sid? He came up the gangplank and went straight into the bar. Oh, well, he won't be out till we get to Dover. He's always the same. Ninepence a nip cheaper is enough to make him try and get a year's supply down in half an hour. No, no, he, he said he needed a drink to steady his nerves. What's he got to steady his nerves for? He's on a British boat. We'll be in Dover and through the customs and home soon. Hello, fellas. Move over, let me sit down. What's the matter with you? Nothing, nothing. I'm all right. You're up to something. Don't be silly. <laughs> it's the boat. Make me nervous, boats do. Your nose is throbbing. <laughs> your nose always throbs when you're worried. All the blood drains from your face and goes into your nose. I've noticed it. I'm all right, I tell you. Leave me alone. Makes the rest of your face look so white. I'm all right. There it goes. It's throbbing again. Look at it. Bang, bang, bang. Look at it. Go in there. Will you stop staring at me? What are you twitching for? I'm not twitching. You are, you are. Bill, he's twitching, isn't he? Isn't he twitching? Look, look. Look at the corner of his mouth. There it goes. Look, it's alternating with his nose. There you are, see? Nose up, lift up, lip down, nose on. Nose off, lip up, lip down, nose on. <laughs> look at them both together, tilt. <laughs> Papa crying out, will you turn it in? Finish my bit, Ha ha ha, it says here. Papa crying out, will you turn it in? I'm not worried, I'm not nervous, I'm perfectly normal. Now stop looking at me and talk about something else. Well, all right, then. What are you chain-smoking for? If you don't belt up, I shall sling you straight over the side. He's the second man that said that to you, Tub. Shut up. Well, I just thought it was rather odd that two different people should want to throw you over the side within five minutes of each other. Oh, go and throw some stones in the water or something. All your luggage on board, Sid. Hmm? I don't know how long it'll take to get through the customs, mind you. It shouldn't take us long. I mean, they're only interested in smugglers. <laughs> your nose has started throbbing again. <laughs> and your lips going up and down. And your eyes started twitching. How fascinating this is. Look, nose off, lip up, eye down. <laughs> Do you realise your face is one mass of movement? Incredible. It was a lovely holiday, wasn't it? Hmm? It was a lovely holiday. Oh, yes, charming, very nice, yes. My word, yes, 19 countries in six days. That's the way to move around. <laughs> I didn't think the old motor scooter would take it, especially with three up. <laughs> well, there you are, they make them these days. 19 countries. Couldn't see out the windscreen for sticky labels. <laughs> yeah, funny customs these foreigners have, don't they? Do you have to mention that word? What, foreigners? No, the other one. Oh, customs. Hello, his nose is off again. 
Isn't that strange? It's probably an allergy. Yes, yes, yes. It's the salty air that's blowing about. It gets under the skin and mixes up with the brandy. And there you are, a throbber. <laughs> Getting well out now, aren't we? Yes, soon be back in England. Still, I must say I enjoyed Italy. Where? Italy. Which one was that? It was the fifth one. You remember on the Thursday we left France and crossed over those hills. Which one was France, then? How can you go through a country without noticing? Didn't you see anything? You were on the scooter with us. Well, I was sitting in the middle. <laughs> All I could see was the back of your neck, and when I turned round, Sid's hooter. <laughs> oh, he's hopeless. How can anybody not know when they're in a different country? Didn't you notice the change in my language? Only when you fell off the bike. <laughs> That's got nothing to do with it. When I was chatting in the foreign Italy, when I went into the shop and asked for the Elastico Bandico, si, si, molto bene, ciao, ciao, come prima. Ai, chi anti, no, ma, ecco, no, 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 no. from you. <laughs> no, I don't remember Italy. Of course you remember Italy. Where we get that great plate full of white knitting? Now, <laughs> let me think now. What did you get up to in Italy? In Switzerland, you got drunk and went down the Cresta Run on the hotel bath mat. <laughs> in Holland, you had a tooth kicked out through jiving with that girl with the clogs on. <laughs> Spain, Spain. That's where you fell in the bullring and had those big darts thrown at you. <laughs> Italy. Italy. Yes, of course. That's where they found you at three o'clock in the morning trying to push that tower up straight. Oh, now I remember. So that was Italy. That's right. Didn't like it. It was a waste of time bringing you, wasn't it? Well, where did you like? Nowhere. We should have gone to Clacton again. We'd have been all right there, up and down the front on the scooter with all those birds walking about. How can you compare Clacton with the continent? Up and down the front on the scooter, impressing the birds, really? <laughs> We've still got the weekend, though, if you think it's worth it. <laughs> we could be there by Saturday lunchtime. Yes, I'll pack the sandwiches and have a shave Friday night. We can set off early. Yeah, all right, then. Uh, don't say anything to Sid. He's a bit of a drag with women. He puts them off, you know. <laughs> we never click when he's out with us. <laughs> yes, what with the tan and the scooter, I think we'll be quids in up there. We can put a bit of an accent on. That always gets him. Make out we're foreign students over here on holiday. No, I think we do better making out we're Americans, like we did last time. Yeah, perhaps you're right. The only trouble is I can't stand that chewing gum. <laughs> Makes my jaw ache. Anyway, they tumbled last time. Drawing away about me ranch in Texas and me national health card fell out of me pocket. Eh. <laughs> what? Supposing someone was to dive overboard just outside Dover Harbour, how long do you think it would take him to swim ashore? Oh, I should say... What do you want to know for? Well, just wondered, it's all. Funny questions. Well, don't forget, Bill, Clacton Saturday. Save some of the French fags. They help you a bit with the broken English. Here. What? This bloke. What bloke? The bloke I was talking about. If, when he dived overboard, he had a few parcels strapped round him, do you think he'd be able to keep afloat? Well, it depends on what sort of swimmer he is. Yeah. Your nose is off again. <laughs> is he? I'm glad he's not coming on Saturday night with a nose like that. 
Hey, I've thought of a name for you. Pardon? A name for Saturday. You're Pierre Laval. And I am Anatole Dulac. <laughs> oh, can't I be Hank like I was last time? How can you be Hank from Paris? <laughs> well, couldn't I be from somewhere else? A sort of mate of yours. I could say I met you during the war. Oh, it's extremely unlikely. I think we'll stand a better chance if we both come from the same country. Yeah, perhaps you're right. Honey, I'm not very good on foreign accents. Oh, I don't know. You did quite well as the Turkish medical student at the Brighton Aquarium last Easter. <laughs> Those girls were very impressed. I wish I'd done it instead of the exiled white Russian prince. <laughs> you were very good at it. Yes, and a fat lot of good it did me. She put a pencil round my name and said, Comes the revolution, and you've had it, mate. <laughs> nope. This time we'll be French aristocrats over here on holiday, right? Right. If it was low tide, he'd stand a chance, wouldn't he? I beg your pardon? If he dived overboard at low tide, he wouldn't have to swim so far, would he? Who wouldn't? This bloke. Who is this bloke? A friend of mine. Is he a cross-channel swimmer, then? I wish he was. That's the trouble. He's not much of a swimmer at all. That's what he's worried about. Well, then why doesn't he stay on board? Well, he thinks he'd be in more trouble if he stays on board than if he jumps over. You see, the way he reckons it... Oh, you've been he... talking to him, then? Oh, yes, I've been talking to him. You see, he doesn't want to land at Dover because there'll be certain people waiting for him there who he doesn't want to meet. Ah, oh, I see. He's a, he's a political refugee. No, no, no. He's a film star? No, he's a... Well, what you might call a, an importer. Ah, <laughs> oh, I see. Business rivals waiting for him. That's it. That's a very good way of putting it. <laughs> Business rivals trying to get his merchandise away from him. How despicable. Well, I mean, his plan of action is obvious. Well... He should go to the police. Oh, no, no, blimey, no. <laughs> no, 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 he can't go to the police. That's the last thing he wants to do. You see, the police are in the pay of his rivals. Oh, dear. Sid, please cover up your nose. It started throbbing again. Now, listen, I know somebody who's got a caravan down at Clacton. That could come in handy. Avez-vous un cigarette, mon ami? What? Avez-vous... Look, you're supposed to be French. Oh, you're going to let us down. I can see this. Oh, oh, oh yes, yes. No, Jay haven't got passion cigarette. <laughs> Isn't that marvellous? <laughs> Supposing these girls speak French. I know, I've got it. I'll do the chatting. Now, our background... We must have a watertight background. We don't want any slip-ups. We've got to organise this like MI5 did during the war, so that we really live the part. What are you pulling those faces for? I'm trying to look French. I think I'll go with Sid. <coughs> Sid, how do you fancy Clacton? How far is it from Dover? Oh, never mind. <laughs> now, look, Bill, you're Pierre Laval. You're 25 years old. Your father is the Grand Duke of Roquefort. Your mother is Baroness Dubarry. Your family owns vineyards in the south of France, and you were born in... Uh, ooh, let's see now... Born in... Wagga Wagga. What's the use? Can't you grasp even the simplest fundamentals of bird deceiving? <laughs> Name me one Frenchman who was born in Wagga Wagga. Well, I'll admit it's difficult. Yeah. How long do you think it'd take to learn how to swim? Well, how do I know? But his friend of mine, could he have some lessons on board ship and learn how to swim in, say, uh... 45 minutes? I don't know. Bring him here and I'll see what I can do. Can't you teach me and I'll pass it on to him? No, I can't. Felix Frankovich. Pardon? Felix Frankovich. He was born in Wagga Wagga and he was French. Oh, no, he wasn't. He was a Yugoslavian. Well, what are you talking about then? 
Well, can't we be Yugoslavian? No, we can't. <laughs> Yugoslavians just aren't in vogue with women at the moment. Yeah, but I was... Do so... you want to go to Clacton or not? Yeah. All right, then. I've been thinking... What? If Sid's friend can't swim, why doesn't he wait till it's dark before he jumps overboard? <laughs> why? Well, then nobody will be able to see that he can't swim. <laughs> Go on. That's it. That's what? That's what I've been thinking about. What difference does it make when he jumps overboard? It's not going to stop him drowning, is it? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about, then? Well, he said he doesn't want anybody to see him. But if he were drowning, he'd be grateful for people to see him. Ah, but he didn't mention that, did he? He doesn't care if people can see that he can't swim. He just wants to go ashore without anybody seeing him. That's what I said. Why doesn't he jump over at night time? <laughs> because he can't swim. Exactly. Now, if he's going to drown anyway, he might as well do it at night time so that the people he doesn't want to see him won't see him and will wonder what's happened to him. <laughs> well, at least it'd be a sort of moral victory, wouldn't it? I mean, they'll be at Dover waiting for him for years, and all the time he'll be under the water safely drowned. <laughs> that way the laugh would be on them, won't it? I'm sorry I spoke, I'm sure. And so am I, mate. I've been sitting here boggling. I haven't the slightest idea what you're talking about. How does your mind work? This fascinates me. When you get an idea, what happens to it? Well, I... I hadn't finished, had I? <laughs> Look, you get an idea. Now, what happens to it while it is en route to your mouth? It goes to a sort of threshing machine, doesn't it? It gets chewed up into little pieces and gets thrown out willy-nilly. Well, we've all got our own methods, haven't we? <laughs> That's the most unsatisfactory explanation I've ever heard about anything. <laughs> Attention all passengers. The ship will be docking at Dover in 20 minutes. Will all vehicle owners please stand by their vehicles with their landing tickets? Thank you. William, you heard what the man said. Go and stand by the scooter. Of course, if this bloke had a couple of mates to help him, he wouldn't have to dive overboard. Are you still with us? No, I, I was just saying, if he had a couple of friends to help him, he'd be able to put one over on his rival business interests I was telling you about. How? Well... If these friends was to take the parcels into the country for him... Ah, I've got you. His rivals wouldn't think anybody else would have them, and when they found out he hadn't got them either, they'd think he hadn't brought anything back with him. That's it. What a good idea. Yeah. If only he had a couple of friends. Well, if there's anything me and Bill can do to help... Oh, them. no, no, no. I don't like to ask. After all, he's my friend. You've never even met him. I couldn't ask you to risk your necks just to help someone you don't know put one over on his foreign business rivals. Foreign? Did you say foreign? Yes. Then by heavens, that settles it. I insist on helping him. For too long have these Johnny foreigners been twisting the lion's tail. <laughs> I would consider it a privilege to help your friend strike a blow for the country that gave us our birthright, our freedom. 
our parliamentary democracy and our two-channel television sets. <laughs> Rule Britannia and I's down for the full house. Uh, Excusez-moi, uh, the announcement over the loudspeaker just now, uh, what did he say, please? How dare you speak to me? Come on, get off this British boat. I know what you're here for. You're trying to steal our business secrets. <laughs> One more remark like that, Monsieur, and I, I, I shall throw you over the side. I tub, that's the third one who said that to you. <laughs> Thank you. Leave him to me, William. Now listen to me, Johnny Foreigner. We are within British territorial waters, so have a care, mon ami. If you try your foreign tricks here, I shall be compelled to fetch you a good old British punch up the bracket. <laughs> what is this? Le bracket, the bon punch up. Punch up, le bracket. <laughs> Watch it, that's all. What is this English? Is there a man? Go on, up it, your wine-soaked onion cellar. <laughs> well, Sydney, that little encounter has decided me once and for all. I shall be honoured to assist your friend. What do we have to do? That's my boy. Now, I want you to tie these parcels round your waist. How come that you've got them? Hey? Oh, all my friend given to me for safekeeping. Uh, his waist isn't big enough. Oh, it? I see. Yeah, well, uh, you take four, and Bill can have four. No, I can't take any. My waist is full up. I've got my own stuff to look after. I thought I told you to burn those books. Well, yes, but I was at the same time... Do you mean to tell me that you intended to walk through the customs with a string vest full of red-hot literature? <laughs> well, yes. You buffoon. Don't you know the penalties for smuggling? Well, yes. They'll have you inside like a shot. You mustn't smuggle things past the customs. Now, come on, get those parcels under your shirt. But what about my books? Never mind about your books. Ought to be ashamed of yourself trying to bring stuff like that onto British soil. It's disgusting. <laughs> Throw them away. No, not that one. I haven't finished it. <laughs> We've got ten minutes. I'll knock it off and leave it on the seat. You done those parcels yet? Yes, just tuck my shirt in. There you are. Can you notice anything? No. You're a bit fatter, that's all, but nobody's going to notice that. Now then, don't forget, if you're asked if you've got anything to declare, say no. What, even to the customs men? Yeah, well, it's safer that way, because they're very clever, these people. They might even disguise themselves as customs officers. Gad, they think of everything. Yeah. And if by any chance you're caught with this stuff, whatever you do, don't let on about me. Why not? Because it'll lead him to my mate, and we can't have that. We're taking a big risk, aren't we? We might finish up in jail. Isn't that typical? The safety of your own skin means more to you than your country's economical survival. Bourgeois, that's what you are. You're a dead bourgeois. You've no sense of duty. We've been entrusted with a mission. We're virtually in the secret service. We've been given an opportunity to serve our country. Please don't let people say that we flinched in their hour of need. And remember, if you're caught, MI5 can't help you. Roger. All you'll have, all you'll have mate, is the silent approval of a few men in Whitehall. I understand. It's the four feathers all over again. I still think it's a fiddle. Why don't you mind your own business? We're all set then? Yes, you can depend on us, Sid. You'll hand the stuff over to me as soon as we got it through. Certainly, then you can return it to your friend. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Well, that's a weight off my mind. Yes. Your nose has gone back to normal. Yes, I feel marvellous now. Not a care in the world. Right. Well, we'll be docking in five minutes. The success of this mission depends on the way we conduct ourselves and our presence of mind under interrogation. There must be no slip-ups. Is everything understood? Yeah. The plan of campaign is quite clear. Yeah. Good. Are there any last-minute questions? Yes. What? You think I ought to wear a beret at Clacton or not? <laughs> you great oaf. 
Here we are in a situation fraught with danger. Armed foreign emissaries waiting for us on the quayside, not 30 yards away, to wrest from us the products of years of British ingenuity. And all you ask is whether you should wear a beret at Crackton. <laughs> well, you can't. I'm wearing it. I've got a better shaped head than you have. It's round. Attention, please. Will Mr. Anthony Ancock please stand by his scooter? This is it. Over the top. Once more into the breach, dear friends. Once more. Laurence Olivier. The Odeon, Leicester Square. Well, so far so good. The customs shed and nobody's stopped us yet. Can you see any suspicious-looking people, Bill? No, only us. Take no chances. Our every move is probably being watched. What's our next move, Sid? Well, I think I'd better go through the customs first, me being the link between us and my friend. And besides, even the strongest men sometimes crack under torture, and I haven't got your courage. That's true, that's true. It's a good point, Sid. Even the strongest of us... You go first and get out. I'll go with him. I haven't got your courage either. You stay where you are. Go on, Sid. Uh, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Have you had a good holiday, sir? Oh, yes, thank you. Have you read this notice? Read it. I'm the one they wrote it for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, <laughs> have you anything to declare? Uh, uh, let's see now. I've got 20 cigarettes, a bottle of scent, a bar of soap worth nine guineas an ounce... <laughs> Yes, I got a pair of castanets for my granny, and I got a round glass thing here with a leaning tower of Pisa in it that snows when you turn it upside down. Well, I don't think the economy of the country will suffer if we allow that in, eh, sir? It's <laughs> 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 oh, right, Charles. It's all right, sir. Have a nice journey out to London. Yeah. Next, please. That's us, Tub. Now, don't worry, William. Just remain calm. Don't let him get you flustered. Just stay completely at ease. Be natural. Watch me. Good afternoon, sir. Oh, yes. Yes, it is my evening. Yes, it's my... By Joe, it's, it's quite warm. I, I should say, it's charming. Oh, my... Yes, yes, quite. Indeed. My goodness me, it's quite... Well, I had to wear a... Your <laughs> nose is throbbing, sir. <laughs> is anything wrong? Wrong? No, no. Why should there be? I don't know. Don't, I, don't, I don't understand it. It's never done that before. It must be the weather. I, if you'll just whack the old chalk mark on, I won't take up any more of your time. I'm sure you've got a lot of people to see to. You don't want to waste your time with the well, Don't worry, sir. I've got plenty of time. Have you read this notice? No. Who's it by? Oh, I see. <laughs> it's one of yours. It's it. It's a... It's a... It's a... It's a... Yes, yes, it's very well done. And now, if you'll just put the old Marco Zotto on the bags, we'll be... Have you anything to declare? How dare you? What are you you suggesting? Do I look like a smuggler? I shall take this up with my MP. This is a free country. Well, then, if you've nothing to declare, you won't mind us searching you. No, I tell a lie. I've just remembered. (laughs) It's a scream. Just crossed my mind. (laughs) I have got something. I forgot all about them. Yes. Oh, dear. Yes, yes, yes. There's no need to search me. Here we are. A a bar of French nougat, three champagne corks, a tube of coloured sand from the beach at Le Touquet, ten postcards I haven't posted, (laughs) and a round glass thing with the Eiffel Tower in it that snows when you turn it upside down. (laughs) Is that all? Yes, nothing more. Just the dirty clothes and a bag of dripping sandwiches. (laughs) Mind you, I had those when I left. (laughs) Can't charge any duty on those. They're British. 
Do you want one? No, thank you. <laughs> go on, go on. Have them with you a cup of tea in your break. No, thank you. Well, I won't detain you any longer. You'll be most helpful. Have you got your chalk handy, boy? Well, I haven't it? quite finished yet, sir. I'll just see to your colleague first. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Have you read this notice? Yes. Have you anything to declare? Yeah. I've got a postcard with a girl on, and when you open it, her bikini falls off. I've got a little plastic viewer which you hold up to the light and turn the wheel and you've got women of all nations on it. I've got a pint drinking mug with girls on the side and when you pour in the beer, their clothes disappear. And I've got a round glass thing with a nude in it that snows when you turn it upside down. Isn't it marvellous? He bought exactly the same stuff at South End last year. I see. May I see your passport, sir? Why? What do you want to see his passport for? I wasn't talking to you, sir. Your passport, please. Well, you, uh, you don't want to take any notice of it. It's wrong. I'm Pierre Laval. I'm the son of a French aristocrat. No, no. <laughs> Not now. That's for Clacton. Go on, sir. This is very interesting. I'm the son of a French aristocrat and my family owned vineyards in the south of France. And he's Anatoile de Lac and we're on our way to Clacton. The man's not interested in any of that. Oh, but I am, very. On your passports it says you are William Kerr and this gentleman is Anthony Hancock. Yeah, well, you shouldn't have seen those. We're not what we appear to be and I can't let on about anything else because he's told me to keep quiet. Oh, did he? Well, would you mind both stepping into the searching cubicle? Another fine mess you got us into. Well, <laughs> oh, I hope you're satisfied. Wasn't my fault. I told you on the boat I thought Sid was on the fiddle. You don't expect me to take any notice of you, do you? But I was right. £500 fine and seven days. All your fault. Sid and his secret British business discoveries. 300 Swiss watches and half a gallon of posh scent. <laughs> Felt a right mug standing there, stripped off with parcels hanging around my waist. <laughs> Shouting out, don't open them, foreigners may be watching. <laughs> he got clean away, of course, but then he always does. Come on, get up the ladder, I'm having the bottom bunk. I wonder where Sid is. How do I know where he is? Enjoying himself somewhere at our expense, no doubt. Bonjour, Cherry. Hello. Je suis un stranger in Clacton. Voulez-vous like to hop on the back of this scooter and live it up a bit? You French, then? Oh, yes. Je suis the son of a French aristocrat, you know. Hold tight, Cherry. Cheeky. Here we go, then. That was Hancock's Half Hour, starring Tony Hancock with Sidney James, Bill Kerr, Kenneth Williams, Noel Dryden and Patricia Hayes. Theme and incidental music composed and conducted by Wally Stott. Alan Simpson and Ray Gorton wrote the script. The programme, which was recorded, was produced by Tom Ronald.
back. Hope you enjoyed our latest episode of Hancock's Half Hour. And don't forget, we'll be back with mystery and adventure from Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson going live at 5pm GMT tomorrow. As mentioned earlier, we've got a supporter page, patreon.com forward slash Brett's Old Time Radio Show. Thanks for listening. I'll be with you seven days a week, each and every week, and I'll see you tomorrow on Brett's Old Time Radio Show. Love you. Bye.